You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Well, because of her powers, they came into existence. It's just they were there. Mm-hmm. But life finds a way. <laughs> yeah. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch for the geeks and all the geeks to come. Oh, because of her powers. And welcome back for another shift on the Geek's Watch. finds a way. (laughs) This week, uh, I am Mitch, and I am here with my co-host, John. Hey, Jessica. Hello. Steven. That's me. And Elizabeth. Good to be here. All right. We're going to be talking about our week's watch first, because we all watched something this week, and it's going to be something interesting. Then we're going to get into the sixth episode of WandaVision. WandaVision. And, uh, <laughs> and then we're going to get into all, all that and what it is, and then we'll say our goodbyes. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh. Is that today? <laughs> yes. That is today. <laughs> I haven't seen anything about this on social media. <laughs> Nothing about it. <laughs> uh, uh, but I, I mean, despite being a Valentine's Day, uh, I guess <laughs> I hope everybody's had a good week. So, what is it that you watched this week, Elizabeth? So, Mitch assures me I have not yet talked about this series. I am not entirely convinced. So, somebody stop me and I'll go to a backup if I have. But uh, this week I watched, and we watched, we do every week, The Circus. So this is a politics news series on HBO. Showtime. Showtime. Ah. Mitch clearly just tells me where to point the remote. Um, (laughs) What I want to watch. So it's on Showtime. It's been running since the campaign in 2016 and was titled The Circus because it was a thought that it was a joke having Donald Trump in the Republican primary. And as a result of current ongoing politics, it has continued <laughs> to run since then. It was supposed to be a miniseries mm-hmm. originally. We're now in the fourth season. But the whole idea was that they had uh, like pundits, yes. uh, essentially, from both sides. Like exactly. There were three hosts. There was a, in the middle, there was a right and there was a left. Well, and they're up to, they have four hosts. Now, now. they have four. Well, and one guy got uh accountability cultured on him like he ended up <laughs> being like that. that's a good uh, name for that <laughs> I like it. he ended up being uh, a little bit little bit too much like matt lauer so he yeah. one of the original uh-huh. hosts left and they replaced him uh with a lady who um is, was part of hillary clinton's uh campaign staff correct so the four co-hosts as of this season are john heilman mark mckinnon 
Alex Wagner and Jennifer Palmier. Palmieri. Mm-hmm. Um, so John Heilman is a NBC, MSNBC pundit uh, these days, although mm-hmm. he previously worked for The Economist, I believe The New York Times. Um, so he's mostly been, yeah, the New, or sorry, for New York, Wired, and The Economist is where he originally came uh, as. But he and Mark. Halperin, who is one of the other co-hosts, also co-wrote Game Change and Double Down, hmm. two, president, two books on presidential campaigning. Mark McKinnon was the has been uh, the head of media relations for multiple Republican uh, presidential campaigns, and he also was the uh, he also served as one of the press corps, uh, not press secretary, but um, I forget his official title for George W. Bush. Mm-hmm. Alex Wagner is a political analyst for MSNBC and Jennifer Palmier uh, was the press secretary, press secretary for Bill Clinton and then assisted on Hillary Clinton's campaign. Oh, didn't know that. Yep. Ah. So, You've got kind of a mix of individuals there. I think they do an excellent job. It's been a little weird watching them this season because they're having to do it all through COVID. So they're instead of what started out, they would kind of have conversations with each other as the narration piece of the doc of the series. They're having to do it on conference calls. So Mm. it's everybody sitting down, getting together, talking about they they kind of start with a conversation at the beginning of a week of the week and then a conversation at the end of the week comes out every Friday, Sunday, Sunday, but they cover from Monday, Monday, to Friday. Monday. Yeah. Monday to Friday of that week. So it's, it's literally whatever happened in politics that week. And it I like comes that. out on Sunday. I like that. It's, it's not necessarily just a specific section of the thing. I'm assuming yeah. they talk about a, a broad range of like viewpoints and everything like that in there. That's good. Correct. I mean, personally, because each, yeah, Okay. Each one of them goes off and interviews someone different. Oh, so because they're they're all still operating on their regular daytime jobs, mm-hmm. and this is kind of their version of podcasting. I mm-hmm. guess they just huh. get to get paid a lot more <laughs> and have much larger budgets. They really do get in there with some like very interesting questions. Like they yeah. don't they don't stick to just the regular pundit you know questions of opinions. Of, uh, opinions, yeah. And then they but they get in there and be like, well, why? I mean, like how how is this even able to to be done kind of thing. Like the last mm-hmm. week one last week's was Alex Wagner gets really into that, uh, Republican Senator or Congressman's face. Yeah. I was kind of like, what are like, are you listening to yourself? Yeah. Is that what she's doing? So I wonder what that'll be like this week. Cause I mean, obviously events and everything such as they are, um, mm-hmm. like we got, we had two people get censured immediately after, um, like yeah. the last couple of days events and everything. Um, the statement that, um, oh my gosh, I forget his name right now. Um, not Lindsey Gr- Why can't it? Mitch McConnell, uh, Mitch McConnell made uh-huh. immediately after the acquittal. Like, yeah. dude, come on. That'll be an interesting episode. Whenever they cover that bit. No, it will be so, but that is on showtime. Mm-hmm. We watch it through. We Amazon? watch it through our showtime channel on prime. And Amazon prime. Uh, and it comes out Sundays, so highly recommend 
well worth the watch, highly entertaining, and a good recap of the week. That's a, that's a good <laughs> Sunday right there. You could have that, and then also John Oliver coming back tonight. Ooh. That is, that's right. That's tonight. I forget. Yeah. Um, so, Stephen, what did you watch this week? I mean, I hate to keep it on this, the same kind of subject stuff, but I watched uh, John, uh, John Stewart's uh, movie, Irresistible. This past Excellent. Week. It is a good movie. It was very, very good. Um, I mean, not to get like too into the weeds with it because there is kind of a um, like a plot twist of sorts in there. Um, it's very good. It's 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 John Stewart doing what John Stewart does, but removing his face from the equation. It doesn't have to be something where you're just hearing John Stewart de- deliver the same kind of critique that he does of politics. Um, in no way, shape, or form is it limited to any specific side. The system that we have is worth critiquing on absolute from absolutely every corner. So um, they chose to do that with this, with a small town that is having a highly contested local race for politics that kind of is this, um, it's, a, it's a small, small scope metaphor for politics at large. And it's really good if you're a person who enjoys politics in any way, shape, or form. It's interesting to watch. Uh, if you're a person who doesn't enjoy politics, you're going to learn a little bit <laughs> about the way that this stuff has gone <laughs> for the past like 20 years or so. But it's really good. Um, it also st- – yeah. the stars of it are – oh, my gosh. I forget her name right now. Rose Byrne? It's Steve, Steve Carell, Rose Byrne, mm-hmm. Mackenzie Davis, and Chris Cooper. Yeah. And all fantastic. Every single one of those people. Like what a crazy cast. Uh, the one thing I will say is I really thought John Stewart was going to play the one big money guy that was really old who was in this like weird like biomechanical life support suit system thing. This character walks in that's supposed to be in this old like super pack kind of donator donor, uh, donor guy. And I thought for sure, because we were only seeing the back of his head for a little bit, that it was going to be John Stewart when the camera flipped around on him. But again, his face doesn't have to be the the thing that the message is attached to no yeah that yeah. it was a really good i remember watching that last year uh at some point i don't remember when but it's it's a really great movie because it, it does show like how much we put into certain areas of the country for politics mm. yeah I, I highly recommend it that one was on hbo max okay all right Jessica, what did you watch this week? Um, I watched the f- entire first season of Warrior on HBO. <laughs> That's um, right. You tweeted uh, about it, too. Mitch I did. Everybody watch this. <laughs> I do. I tell everybody to yeah, watch this show. So I watched it, but I'm kind of a little annoyed because I wasn't expecting a show about martial arts called Warrior to be an emotional freaking roller coaster <laughs> <laughs> every episode <laughs> i got way too attached to the character <laughs> <That's a good laughs> it is it's a really no, it is a really good thing um the writing is really good all the characters are so believable and so well written like even like the like antagonist characters i'm like yeah no i get it <laughs> like <laughs> other other than the mayor the mayor can shove it but like <laughs> but like the mayor's assistant i can't remember his assistant name mr blake or i i can't remember what the, his name is the guy with the limp in the glasses right yeah the limp in the glasses like he is like the best evil guy ever 
I'm like, I oh, I like that though. Behind the scenes puppet <laughs> master kind of kingmaker kind of guy and just and then um Andrew Koji as the lead, Assam, he's like my new boyfriend in my head. <laughs> but but no, it's just it's such it's such a good show. Some of it's kind of predictable. Like you knew the instant you you meet Assam off the boat and he's got that smirk and that cockiness. Like I knew like, oh, near the end, he's going to get his ass kicked and he's going <laughs> to and sure enough that did happen, which but that oh that whole fight scene. I just finished season one, by the way, like right before this. Like I like it, so it's like fresh in my head. But like the the fight between him and Long Yi or something. I can't yeah. remember his actual name. Like, oh, that was just that was beautiful. Like all the fights are beautiful. Like it just I have a thing for good fighting choreography, which is why I like martial arts films because they tend to go really over the top with it with all these cool fancy moves that there's no way you can actually do. But it just it's beautiful and then um all the female characters all of them are very well written very strong and powerful and just i love penny there's some some cheesy lines from the from um the like love interest in the first episode that are pretty predictable but it does get better from there if anyone's watching the first episode and considering continuing on yeah yeah there's some cheesiness but it's I don't know. It's good. And the, I think my favorite episode was probably the Western episode. Oh, that's such a good for episode. For sure. It's just, uh, it's so good. And then the, like, the brotherhood between. <laughs> like, I just, it's so good. It's just so ridiculously good. Thank you so much for talking the show up because it's, I'm, I can't wait to start season two. Uh, it's, it's very well written and the acting's great. The fighting is amazing. And, I still ended up getting teary-eyed a bit through it too, which was not expected, but it was a good thing. Lee, oh Lee, Officer Lee, (laughs) 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 they're all great. They're all great. I love it. You're gonna have quite the adventure in season two. That's all I have to tell you. Then Uh, I'm I'm excited and scared, but okay. So, yes, season one of uh, Warrior is on HBO Max currently. And more people that watch it, the better chance we get a season a season three on HBO Max. So, please go out there and watch it and tweet about it. I haven't looked it up, but <laughs> it might also be on Paramount+. Plus. They're, they're doing a lot of cross-pollination with shows and stuff. Um, really? Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. But uh, Last Week Tonight is going to be on there also. Huh. Oh. Did yes, Paramount Plus launch already then? I don't know. I haven't been keeping track of it that much. People just keep mentioning it in videos. Does anybody have a, a, a CBS All Access still? Did any? Because we don't. No. No. I, I was just wondering if it just switched over automatically, like uh, old HBO Go became HBO Max automatically. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would imagine. It, like if 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 they already know the people from HBO Max, like they seem to, they they should have taken that that same kind of path for this. Yeah. Yeah. All right, John, what did you watch this week? Hey, guys. Well, uh, I watched a little movie called Space Weepers. Yeah! <laughs> yeah. As I know we all did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, we haven't, t- we haven't talked since we, we all watched that? No, we haven't. We haven't. Wow. <laughs> it was only last weekend. That seemed ages ago. <laughs> yeah. it's um, But it was a fantastic movie. Uh, mm. So glad that Stephen put it on the periphery and 
eventually it actually was watchable. Um, yeah. But we can leave a further discussion for that for another day. It's good. Anybody that's listening to this should watch that. This should be right up your alley if you're already here with us right now. Um, but I finished season two of I'm Sorry on Netflix, oh. the Andrea Savage comedy show. I couldn't get enough of it. The show was great. I loved it. It was so funny. Um, and I want to just comment on a few things that I really liked about it because I kind of already said most everything that needed to be said last time when I finished season one. Um, but this show has great characters and one of my favorite things in comedy is callbacks and this thing is just full of them. I think that's the, the, I the, mean, best, oh, yeah. the best humor personally. Yeah. And they do it really well because in some cases it's not expected. Um, so when it catches you by surprise, you know, even my jaded ass is like, oh, that's cool. I didn't expect that. <laughs> um, and to give away some of those would be really not doing the show any justice because it really is worth the watch, I think. It's simple. Each episode's only like 25 minutes long. Not that much. And um, again, I just love all the, the cameos. It's very, um, I guess it's, it's, it's very underplayed. But it's got a lot of star power behind it. It's just not all on like on screen. Um, but yeah, you'll have you know people like Adam Scott make a cameo. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of who else is on there. But like the Lonely Island are like a producers on this show. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a lot of support in here from within the the comedy community. Um, and I just hope that it gets a third season. It was pretty funny. I just I love the the, the journeys that all the characters are on. Uh, Andrea Savage's dad, who's like newly single and starting to become like a swinger in his like seventies, <laughs> is great. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's like one episode where he throws a barbecue for like close friends and family while he's like super high on ecstasy. <laughs> just, Always a wise it, it, choice. It's just great. Yeah, there's a lot of really interesting comedic it's things. The, just I was just going to say yeah. that's that's the dad is the one that has the like paintings of his ex-wife in the in the room or his current right like naked pa- photos paintings of them or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Boudoir photos. Yes. He he Boudoir. requested boudoir photos of his family including his, his daughter. His family. Yes. Oh. Right. Yes. Yes. That's a bad. <laughs> No, for for the for the sexy wall of his uh, of his den. Uh, and, uh, huh. Yeah. It's, so because his daughter wouldn't, uh, you know, Andrea Savage was like, um, "No," and what's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, he he just ended up putting a picture of her just like eating salad or something next to like all <laughs> these like older uh, boudoir dress ladies. It's really funny. <laughs> I don't is like that no? though. I don't like this idea. Like it, you know, some, some yeah, families get those. Not like, okay. They get like the Western well, photos think... together at the fair or whatever. <laughs> but this family, they're they're special. It, it was like that, but not in black and white, and not as old timey. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that what they're building up because this show's definitely really good at like doing like these recurring themes. Like there's there's one restaurant that she likes to go to or coffee shop rather. Um, where she likes to work on her comedy writing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's this recurring theme of like a blind guy who's always asking for help to the bathroom. And he always tries to cop a feel from the lady that helps him. And she's just always watching this. Like this happens in several episodes. She's like, wait, watch this guy. And like the guy that's with her, played by Jay Manzoukas in one episode, is like, oh, like 
I bet you he does that to anybody just to kind of like feel, you know, where they're walking. So Jay Mansukas offered to take him to the bathroom. He says, no, I'm good. And then <laughs> another lady says, oh, do you need help to the bathroom? And she says, yes, please. And sure enough, like puts his hand right on her little hiney as they're walking to towards the bathroom. So He's like, the- there's just little things like that, that throughout the whole series just keep playing out and... I don't know. It's just it's funny in a weird way because it's it's like this show isn't breaking any ground whatsoever. But it there's I like the characters, I like the actress actors and actresses in it, and it's just really charming. There you go, and it's still on Netflix, right? It is still on Netflix for the time being, and like I said, hopefully it's coming back for a season three. I want to say I think, especially with the dad, I think they're building towards uh like he's going senile or something. And that's why he's starting to make all these really radical shifts in his like late in his life, where um, he's just you know going kind of crazy. But you know nobody's really noticing yet because it's subtle. It's like little things here and there, you know. Um, and I should point out that the father's played by the same guy that played Gene Parmesan in Arrested Development, and I don't remember who that is Colonel Mustard in Clue. Oh, Martin Mull. Yes. Wow, you know him from Clue. That's what, <laughs> okay. that's what gave it away for you. Uh, yes, I, I, I love the movie Clue. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, yes, this guy. And uh, yeah, I just, uh, I, I like how, like I said, the it's just has a really strong continuity where there's callbacks to older things, it, the, the plot's progressing. Um, I love how they incorporate the daughter into a lot of the, the comedy hmm. where... You know, she happens to listen to something that she shouldn't have, and, and then she's spreading it to everyone in her school, and then that becomes a thing. And um, <laughs> actually, I gotta say, one of my favorite subplots. Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely! Yeah, it's, um, we'll, I won't. Ref- I, yeah, well, okay, we'll come back to that another time. Yeah. <laughs> I did want to point out one other specific plot thread, which is where. She keeps making fun of her child's kindergarten teacher because he just, he doesn't look like he would be very nurturing to children. He looks very, um, uh, let's say, uh, like bat touch level uh, is his appearance. Uh, you know, he's a little bit balding, has a mustache, kind of dry. It's like, <laughs> uh, not like you, Stephen, no. Yeah, I, I'm sure you're great with kids, um, but this <laughs> this teacher he is a good teacher, but he's just you know that's just the impression he gives with his appearance to her, and she makes a lot of jokes about that. Well, one day she happens to make a joke about because she has a sex dream about this teacher, and like tells all her friends, and her friend thinks it's funny, and then she writes an email to her husband in which he was cop- carbon copied, so he sees the story of her having a sex dream with him and she's mortified but that's the yeah. thing that kind of breaks the tension between them and he turns out to actually be kind of funny he's still super dry but he totally takes it in stride and actually kind of adds to the joke and like the sigh of relief on her is like whoa okay you're cool that's great but before that she was just like dying on the inside because she had to see him like the next day or something it was it was great it's beautiful the way that all that plays out so there you go, folks. Uh, there's two of my recommendations. Warrior 
And I'm sorry. And you can go either way. Holy crap. So for my week's watch, I actually watched the first three episodes of Resident Alien, the show that we all talked about a, little, a couple weeks back just to uh, bring it up. It's the new Alan Tudyk sci-fi show that's on Sci-Fi Channel. Uh, actually, it is really good. Yeah, hey, hey. <laughs> um, he didn't even tell me he was watching it. <laughs> I know. I just watched it because if I watch things with you, we don't ever get to them. Okay, fair. Uh, <laughs> but yes, the first three episodes are on sci-fi. Um, so you think, you know, from the the trailer from it, like... He's just an alien that's on Earth, and it's it's all it's okay, and he's funny guy, and he, he's having shenanigans. Mm-hmm. The first scene is him killing the guy that actually looks like Alan Tudyk and throwing his body into the lake so that he could take over his form. Yeah, nice. It's like it's straight up like what alien horror uh, for that part. Um, cool. But the rest of it, once he takes on that form, and 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 the local police like come to him because the body he took over is a doctor. Like he's, he was a pathologist doctor um, who was at a university who also minored in uh, psychology for some reason. I don't know, but <laughs> they're, they're like, Hey, are we need you to come check out this dead body? And he's like, well, don't you, you have a doctor in town that usually does that? And he goes, well, it's who the dead body is. So he has to, he gets there and he's checking. He's like trying to figure out why this, this, the doctor is dead. And he's like, oh, because he's because he's he says he's a scientist on his planet, but like they don't know that. And like you know, Earthling science is all super easy and stuff like that. So he's yeah. like, oh, this guy killed himself. Like he stabbed himself in the throat. And they're like, what? You only looked at the body for a second. He's like, yeah, but you know the this this and this and that. And then he walks away, and they're like, "Well, we, we need you to do a little bit more. Like, <laughs> we need you to to study this." And then by the end of the episode, like, he finds out that yes, he the guy did kill. Well, I guess I won't spoil the rest of it for anybody. I mean, you said that he part ends already. up <laughs> You started saying it. I think the thing you were going to say but is pretty clear. But there's more. There's more. Oh. Trust me. Uh. So, uh, they ask him to stay on as the not just the mortician. No, not mortician. Coroner. Not mm-hmm. just the coroner or the medical examiner, but he's, he would be literally the the doctor for the whole little town that they are in. Um, so it'd be, he's, he runs the clinic, everybody comes in, you know, they're sick and stuff like that. Okay, those are not... Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. I understand. It, But this is, in this little northern town, this I is what see. he has to do. No, yeah, it makes sense. If you don't have a coroner or a doctor... You would have one person be both. Like that actually does yeah. make sense to me in a small like, town. So if if we're looking at look at it like not being a small town that should have people in specific positions, think of it being mm-hmm. a small business who only has five people who work there. The one person <laughs> yeah. who knows how to do word processing also runs the social media. Those aren't the same thing. <laughs> They're not, but that person has to do it. Valid. <laughs> uh, no, like I I get that the town doctor usually ends up needing to do the autopsies it doesn't mm-hmm. normally go the other direction <laughs> <laughs> oh that's fair I was, <laughs> the funny thing is is like he he also uh he also ends up like so he doesn't 
he knows science, but he doesn't know medicine all that much. So right before he sees a patient, he Googles it on his phone. <laughs> and he has to tell people like this You're is what dying. it is. According to WebMD, that's honestly that's not far off from some. So how many people though. have cancer? No <laughs> idea. The whole town. <laughs> You've got the super rare version of of a disease. <laughs> um the the mayor is a is a younger gentleman, like his like mid to late twenties. And uh, he has to have a standing. He has a standing appointment with the doctor, the previous doctor, and now Alan Tudyk is the doctor uh, for psychology um, sessions, like psychiatric <laughs> sessions, every Tuesday. Therapy. Uh, so that's a, therapy. That's what it's called. <laughs> uh, and then um, his son, the mayor's son, is the one in a million that has a certain marker in their DNA that allows hit uh, a human to see the true alien form as opposed to the uh um the the facade that he's put on as as oh. alan tudyk what so the first time he sees him just walking down the street the kid screams <laughs> gets away from his mother and goes into the car and then alan tudyk's character is like well i have to kill this kid now so he breaks into the house <laughs> in the middle of the night and tries to kill the kid but he fails because he's drunk and uh, he hides underneath the bed. And when the mom and the mayor come in to say, like, you know, just just come sleep in the bed with us. Like, come sleep in our bed. We're not going to deal with this. And then the mom's like, I can't believe you let him watch that movie. He's like, I watched E.T. when I was his age. I don't understand. <laughs> uh, and then, like, he, then later on, he, he, he tries to, like, um, sabotage the kid's bike so that the kid gets hit by a car, like, after it doesn't work correct. Like, those brakes don't work correctly. He ends oh up just God. breaking his leg or breaking his arm. Or no, actually, he just gets a cut on his arm, so he needs stitches. So he, they take him to the clinic where he's oh the doctor, God. and the kid's like freaking out. But now he's like, it's so commonplace that he doesn't scream, he doesn't run screaming. He just kind of like sits there, and the two of them just have banter. Like he's like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to kill you, and he's like, you can try, but obviously you're going to fail. <laughs> it's also this weird like sideshow Bob like Team Rocket kind of relationship between the two. Yep. That's definitely what they've set up. Uh, and then the, the first episode when he is getting drunk for the first time, it, this is the weirdest thing because he starts dancing to music in the bar and it's the that Starship song. Starships were meant to fly. That one. Yeah, that one. Which was weird because earlier in that this week, I was I also watched the newest episode of uh, uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist and she mm-hmm. sings that song in that too. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like... Yeah. Is there a reason why this song's just popping up over and over again? So you're seeing ships pop up in songs, <laughs> and I'm seeing the 1701 pop up in my work. <laughs> Something's going on here, Mitch. Coincidence. It has gone Star Trek bad. is real. <laughs> I'm curious about what the the actual basis of this is. Correlation isn't causation and all that. But I'm curious. <laughs> so resident alien is currently on uh sci-fi channel you can also, you can also uh, watch I, the I, first two episodes on youtube for free right now oh ah. look at that. Uh, it is it is a universal uh sci-fi channel is universal so uni- nbc universal so i'm sure it's also available on peacock Ooh. if you have peacock tv I, when you said the the idea of webmd stuff like and he's gonna have a rare disease for some reason 
I, I made up a disease in my mind that now I think I want to make in some comedy thing. I decided to call it kleptoscoliosis. And I don't know what that would mean. <laughs> so you steal people backs? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. What that sounds like. But if anyone listen, if anyone out there on social media wants to tell me what they think kleptoscoliosis would be, find me at, at Peppermint Gent on Twitter. Your spine is so crooked that you're able to like steal things easier. I don't know why, <laughs> but you like, can. He's like a drunken master at all times. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so there's our week's watch. Let's get into Wandavision, uh, episode six. I think it's called Spooktacular. Yes. Yeah. Jess, hit or us with a spectacular Halloween. Hit us with uh, the theme all song, new, Jess. How does the theme song Halloween go? Spooktacular. Yeah, but, uh, what? How does the theme uh, song for the show go? I can't, I can't do that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a couple days. <laughs> I know it's the Malcolm in the Middle one, but I can't. <laughs> so I think that's what we wanted to talk about. I mean, first off, why did we just skip right over the 90s and go right into the 2000s? With I know, right? I was really upset. I wanted the nineties animation. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting. Uh, they didn't include any anime in the opening, I which was the thing that I remember didn't. most from the Malcolm in the Middle opening. <laughs> yeah. Anime and a little bit of Toho stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, I want to say Paul Bettany did a great job of like imi- imi- imitating ba- Brian Cranston from Malcolm in the Middle in a lot of like facial expressions. Like I thought that was great. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So that was uh, that was pretty good. I think a, a big question was definitely answered. So Evan Peters is playing Pietro, but he is not playing his Pietro from the Fox uh, <laughs> X Men. Quicktober. He is definitely playing Aaron Taylor Johnson's Pietro because he has the memories of dying at in Sokovia mm-hmm. during uh, Age of Ultron. So that's interesting. Yeah, he okay. may or may not also be his animated corpse. Yeah. He, he, is also, also, he may or may not be Mephisto. Mephisto. Yeah, there we go. Mephisto. Mephisto. Yeah, because yeah, that that was one after watching it with my mom. The next day, my mom came in and she's like, you know, that Pietro guy, I just read an article that people think it's this one. <laughs> she's in the, she's I'm down like, the yeah, but this I know she is. <laughs> she's like, it's this one. And I was like, is it Mephisto? He looks like a devil. And she's like, yes. And I was like, yes, we've talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am familiar. I'm like, I am familiar. I don't know anything else other than I've heard the name. <laughs> So one of the things I thought, (laughs) one of the things also I thought was very interesting is that uh, it gets very much in the uh, like simulation kind of feel, especially when uh, Mm. Vision goes on the outskirts, the further away he gets from Scarlet Witch, essentially. Like there's still people there and they're moving to like, as if they're putting up the Halloween decorations, but they aren't doing more than just that movement and then when he gets even further they can't move at all like yeah he's cool. even crying when she's just like just staying with their eyes open there was an interesting way like as soon as they started getting far away from everything i started thinking of it kind of in video game terms because one of the things that they do mm-hmm. to try to try to save resources in video games is there's basically like 
um, like a cone going out straight in front of you for a lot of intents and purposes. That's actually everything being rendered, being shown, everything is operating. Some games do it differently depending on the game. Um, but one of the, the ways that people trick the systems a lot is doing that. So if you look away from there, essentially nothing's happening. Um, like you won't have like a simulation of water running or anything like that because you don't need it. So why make the computer have to run it? Um, and that's all I thought the whole time as they got farther out, she doesn't think anyone has to be there. Well, not only that, like she is having, if she's the one that's controlling everything, she is also having to control all these children now. Like they've added Mm -hmm. in all these kids for the Halloween episode, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. uh, which would then take up more, uh, power, or memory or whatever, however you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everything that's not right in front of her would then lack, like as uh, Stephen was saying. Well, and I think Pietra's line about, oh, you know, and you're handling, handling this as humanely as possible. The kids were asleep in their beds till you needed them to go on for performance, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I thought was very interesting. And he has way more information than he should. Yes. I, I oh, wonder, yeah. I, so I still... This is going way farther in this episode, but Agnes is faking, and Pietro oh, yeah. is there to make her make Wanda aware of the stuff um, to elicit a reaction, and Agnes is controlling him in my mind. Yes, I, yes. I definitely. I mean, obviously, she. Why would she be on the outskirts of town, almost crossing Ellis Avenue, and still be able to move and talk, whereas everybody else was is essentially NPC in it out there? Yeah, and that. The fact that Agnes kind of sort of proved that she was not an original citizen of, was it Mayweather? Westview. 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 Thank you. Westview. Um, Westview, because she got lost in it. Yes. Like, she openly yeah. admitted to getting lost in the town that she supposedly lived in. Like, even if you're being controlled and manipulated, you wouldn't forget how to get to the center of your town. Yes. Yeah. So, also... Uh, one thing, so we do see Vision uh, go beyond the barrier, and as he makes it outside of Westview or outside the Hex, uh-huh. uh, he starts to strip away. So we know from the security v- v- footage uh, that we saw of him in a few episodes or, uh, earlier, uh, he is literally just a torso and like a, a lower half. Like he's not all there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. At least that's the parts that he, she stole. So. I assume what the stuff that was flying off of him and going back into Westview are the parts that she had to make up to complete him. Mm -hmm. Interesting color, though, that was left behind. Personally, I think that's very interesting. It was yellow. True. I don't Mm -hmm. know any significance whatsoever to this, but that seems very out of line with everything else that we know about what's making everything here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the color of the Mind Stone. That's fair. It is yeah, the that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have to say, what does that mean for their kids? If she straight up just created them, are they going to be able to leave the hex? Are they only going to be able to exist in the hex? I don't know. That well, would be. I, think- I would bet the solution that comes up to get her to release is a workaround to getting them to exist outside the hex using her powers. I what's the workaround in the comic books? Cuz you guys said what was it a couple episodes ago reality. that <laughs> Yeah, yeah but she, how does she 
I know she's well, that's what she's currently doing within the hex is reshaping reality. Like, how does she get the comic version? version of her kids to actually be real because they are actually real and the fact that they can be taken away from her and raised separately from what I understand. What I remember from Avengers Disassembled and House of M uh, Mm -hmm. is they don't really explain it all that well. Naturally. And then you go go into Young Avengers. So in Young uh, Avengers Disassembled like they just refer to the old story where she's like, hey, you remember when you had kids? And then she's like, what? I had kids. And then she makes the whole world start to crumble. She creates a house of M and then she remakes these kids, these two babies. House of M ends with her having to shut down the whole thing again. And Uh then we just skip two years ahead. Like we, we skip to later on and these two boys are older now. They're uh, 16, you know, somewhere around 15, 16, 17. Mm -hmm. And they just have always been. So no one, I've I've never actually read anything where it's like, oh, because of her powers, they became, they, they came into existence. It's just, they were there. Mm-hmm. But life finds a way. I think the end of the episode is the biggest um, clue as to what she's going to try to do. And she's just going to extend that to the whole rest of the world. And then everything would be within her little playground, and there's no worrying about how to getting out of it because it's everywhere. I I just I I still don't know if she's the one who's responsible for things. I really think someone else well, is at this point. I think she is responsible in the sense that she created this. She is doing this, mm-hmm. but I think her conversation with Pietro about I don't actually know how this happened is very real. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. she doesn't know how she ended up here, but, but she knows happy. she but she knows she's happy and she knows she's in she's in enough control to make her stay happy. Mm-hmm. So she's just not going to question it anymore. Yeah. I really wonder, That's where I'm at too. I'm kind of in a spot where I'm thinking that one of the most powerful possible things to do would be to use someone or make someone else use their power if you could influence their mind. Yes. Yeah. So, like, Just like the purple man from Jessica Jones. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, but, and I definitely think the director, what's his bucket is at fault. I think he's the one at responsible. I mm. mean, he's definitely like a whole douche nozzle and a half. So, <laughs> <laughs> but isn't he uh, a little too villainy? Like that seems like it's going to be a red herring. That's, that's I fair. I mean, there has to be some obvious red herrings, though. Like True. I, mean, I think that's a big part of the show, is that we're going to find out that things that we're like, oh, I mean, that that's obviously evil is going to end up not being evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Except I think he, yeah. I think he set this up because he wants vision. I, yeah, I think they definitely wanted vision, for sure. Um, now, what is behind the other forces at play? Like, Because he could just be have have been trying to go for the same ball as someone else and their paths crossed, you know? Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm, I mean, they were studying the vision body for five years. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause she, she doesn't come take it till after end game. So who knows what he was doing with it or what? I mean, they knew about his vibranium decay signature so that they could track it through all of the thing. And, and, and Darcy, Dr. Lewis was, uh, you know, 
getting deeper and deeper within. Well, she found something just before. <clears throat> just before she she ran out. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we don't, and we don't get to know what that is yet. But uh, she is now enveloped inside of the hex because <laughs> dumbass sword agent like handcuffed her to a car that got enveloped. Like that yeah. was. Do, do, oh yeah. Do we think there's any? He's not part of the circus. Do yeah. we think that there's any kind of um, any significance whatsoever to the different look of everything at the end when she expands everything and it's clearly going to go uh-huh. past her like GPU and CPU operational limits with this one? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It what? Why is there such a different look for the things that she expanded? Because we're getting into the 2010s. But it, lo- it, it looked like the 50s. Like yeah, it did not place. look. It looked older. Oh. I think she may be cycling back. She might be cycling back. That could be. That'd be interesting. That's. Fair. I mean, what are they going to do? Go to the 2010s? Well, actually, no. You know, I take it back. We know that from the, one of the trailers. So whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do we know from the trailers? There's a Modern Family looking kind of shot. Oh, is ah, there? Yeah. Really? No, I didn't realize cool. that. I've been avoiding them. So. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's okay. <laughs> But one of the things, uh, uh, when the when everybody, all the sword agents turned into clowns in the circus, like yeah. it reminded me of a, a, a meme that I sent Stephen like earlier in the week, where it said, "The best insult that you can have is to call to say to someone who is this clown because one, you're saying that this person is such a buffoon that they're a clown, like they're so insignificant to their clown, but they're not even a good clown because you don't even know who they are." <laughs> so that's, like it's a double whammy. that's a good one a double whammy uh now, yeah that that, that the, the everybody getting turned into clowns and part of a circus like was just appropriate mm-hmm. yeah because it was a circus on the outside yeah. yeah now a comic question from what i understood because i only did a quick search darcy was introduced solely for the mcu right she's not in comics before she was in the movie, right? I know she Correct. is now because in the mm-hmm. newer versions, but so there's no way she could potentially eventually become like super powered or anything or be linked to a mutant. I, because... I don't look at Daryl in The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> like, they they can will... do whatever they want. Yeah, it's just like uh, so Winter yeah, Soldier, true. Bucky, in at the end of Civil War, uh-huh. uh, he is, he is. Or he's referred to is it in the Civil War then beginning of Infinity War he's referred to as the White Wolf mm. like that is not uh-huh. his character in the comic books but they just basically merged him with another character in the comic books uh, so they could definitely give uh, Darcy uh, a superpower and be a person that might not have been uh, a big hero in the comic books but like. Yeah has powers like she could end up being squirrel girl for something oh, i don't God. know <laughs> i would i would love her as a squirrel girl but like i just i don't know i just i like her character so much that i i am all for her getting superpowers from going through the hex or something but they, they did set up know. that something's yeah. being changed i don't know if it's gonna they could possibly do something where if you bring in like a certain kind of will into mm-hmm. the hex um, you could reshape on your way in or out, you know, because I mean, it has mm-hmm. to pull the idea of who and what you are from somewhere. And if you, mm-hmm. if it's pulling like maybe your personal image of yourself, when mm-hmm. you go back out of the thing, yeah. to use that kind of as the blueprint for what to make you when you go back out, there could be some interesting implication to that one because they've already set up that, um, uh, Monica, it, Monica, 
Yep, Monica. Yeah, yeah. I always Monica say Rambo. the wrong name. Um, uh, but when when she's when she came back out, they showed that she had changed in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't see why not. Even if it's a small change, maybe she's just really yeah. good with electronics afterwards. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, also like how she went through too. She went through trying to do something heroic. Like she was trying to actively save as much as she could vision when nobody else would. So I feel like it would be a reward. I don't know. I just feel like it. it I like Darcy. Like that's it. As I like her character. I like how she talks. I just, I want more from her. <laughs> so I want her to have superpowers. You know, <laughs> it kind of reminds me of Wizard of Oz now that you think about it or I think about it. Where like everybody in the real world then has like an exaggerated fantasy version of themselves. Yeah. And it could be something like that based on their personality or something that you know Rondo was Rhonda Rondo was affected by. Uh-huh. Honestly, I would like that very much. It gives them again, we're we're in this spot where they can reshape pretty much anything and everything. And the show is just flux for things. Yeah. So yeah. reshape it while you're here, you know? Yeah. Uh, speaking of Monica, she and Agent Wu uh, left to go meet her astrophysicist contact, and a lot of people online are speculating that it's going to be Reed Richards. I think it's going to be the Blue Marvel. That I know most people don't know this character. It's a pretty Ooh. new character. Yes, it's a, it's a pretty <laughs> yeah. new character that that they've introduced in the last ten years. Uh, he has been retroactively added into the Marvel uh universe as being lost in the negative zone a long time ago and uh he is also an astrophysicist and he actually has a connection to monica rambeau as being part of the ultimates with her so ah. i think that okay. he is going to be the the person that you shows up but if it ends up being reed richards this show will not only bring in the x-men from the fox universe but also the fantastic four from the fox universe and that's going to be in- insane what are you going to say john objection Objection. So, objection. Um, Is that how this, this, okay. this may be considered spoiler or not, but oh um, there's a YouTube channel that I want to plug a little bit later. Uh, no affiliation. It's just really informative. Um, but they mm-hmm. pointed out that if you if you watched One Division with Spanish subtitles, mm-hmm. when Monica Rambeau's talking about her astrophysicist buddy, mm-hmm. it has female pronouns attached to it. Interesting. Oh, oh yay! So that's like, oh huh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's like, oh, so now we're dealing with the lady astrophysicist. I mean, it could still technically still be like Sue Storm or something. I'm assuming, but it's it's, um, it's Rita Richards. Uh, it's Rita, <laughs> Rita Richards. Uh, yeah. So that was just an interesting thing to point out there. Um, also, apparently, if you watched it with. Uh, what was it? The um, captions for the hearing impaired or the, the audio track for the hearing impaired. Mm-hmm. When Pietro is revealed, it like spells out, you know, she sees her, uh, she sees Quicksilver from the X-Men universe or something like that. Like it spe- spells <laughs> out that that's what you're seeing. Hmm. Um, so that's kind of an interesting thing that it totally gave it away. And I think that was, I mean, obviously if somebody's vision impaired and they're just listening to it, that reaction's not going to have any effect on you unless you actually find out, like, why is this a thing that's happening? But that was kind of interesting that it, there is, like, hidden things in there that aren't exactly Easter eggs, but they definitely reveal some information. One of my um, favorite things in 
watching anything in a time of streaming is watching with subtitles uh, and then like catching things like what you're, what you're saying with the descriptive audio and the other language tracks. Mm-hmm. There's so much information in there and people just yeah. don't watch them with this. Yeah, yeah. Like, did you know that the theme song for law and order SVU is called creepy, funky music. Funky music. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, see no, that when it starts. <laughs> I, I think while watching Warrior, I got funk music starts. <laughs> I'm like, I <laughs> uh, in this episode, both Billy and Tommy get their superpowers, uh, yeah, the, the ones that they have from their comic books. Um, Tommy gets his super speed, just like his uncle, and Billy gets his uh, Wiccan powers. Uh, I don't know if they've ever actually given an, uh, like a idea of what his powers are when he first started it out it was a lot of he had to repeat whatever it is that he wanted to happen and then it would magically happen so it was the secret so mode it be like (laughs) yeah it it was very very much um his uh his hex powers his is following in his mom's footsteps so Mm. hmm this one is more he like he he gets his power in his powers he uses he he senses that vision is in 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 danger uh and he said he, he felt it in his head which well and he can see where vision is that's true he can also yeah. see where vision is so <laughs> i don't know if that's more of a in in uh supposed to be like a in touch with with vision because it's supposed to be his father or if this is a connection through whoever is giving them their powers and creating this dome like uh or this hex hexagon and and stuff mm-hmm. like that because obviously they whoever it is if it's not wanda that is controlling wanda wants the rest of the world to be engulfed inside the hex like he had to get this person he or she had to get the the hex pushed out yeah it's really interesting her, her powers have to break after this like we've already seen her having a hard time controlling just like the one street or block and then the rest of the area is just off. So how can she possibly control everything? Uh, I, I, maybe she doesn't need to control it. Maybe she just needs to make it stand still. I guess. Yeah. Like just for the one sphere of influence. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very intrigued. What, what was his costume by the way, for Billy's costume? He looked like he looked like some of the things that I've seen for like Bishop at times, but is that his so that, comics costume? Yeah, it's very much in a a closet cosplay version of his costume. Mm. It, he wears a uh, headband uh, and he has a red cloak. Just because mm. he first came out when he first came out as a young Avenger, he called himself the Asgardian, like as oh. in uh, you know Asgard so he uh-huh. kind of modeled himself after Thor as, but then he changed his name to Wiccan because he realized his powers are more in tune with his mother hmm. it, it, we, we always talk about like what character we want to see in things I really want Nate Gray so bad really yeah X-Man Nate Gray from ultimate, ultimate or an alternate dimension okay yeah that'd be interesting um, one thing that really stuck with me when they did the Malcolm in the Middle uh, theme intro, mm-hmm. it it looks like it's Billy is the one that's mm-hmm. like holding the camera, and then at the end, like nobody's holding the camera because Billy's in front. Like everybody's. So I was just like, I don't know if that was a hint or a a a clue to something. 
Maybe as in there's me? another person like, it's like controlling? Chronicle. Maybe it's like Chronicle. Uh, maybe. <laughs> he's, he's holding maybe the camera was... up with powers. Yeah. <laughs> so, you I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, was there anything else that anybody wanted to bring up about this episode? Well, I, oh, def- I definitely a big episode for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not even close to being done. Uh, <laughs> first things first, I did want to say... How awesome was their closet cosplay? <laughs> great. They were great. I mean, Wanda looking like the actual character, but I mean, from like the 70s, but still, like mm-hmm. in the, the colors and the headpiece. I have to say, um, if I can indulge for just a moment, oh, no. Wanda in that outfit with yeah. that headpiece mm-hmm. speaking Spanish, yep. it did something for me. There it is. <laughs> there it is. It's, there at some speaking point. in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> it's Dude, actually that was one of the things i like too was his his explanation that he looks like a luchador yeah it's just like is it just like clearly that's how this actually, looks yeah. like and what's funny is that he's not that far off from the from the red grasshopper too it's like almost uh, one-on-one with it so i was like ooh, that's uh Cool first, 80s he reference. had to break the he had to break the fourth wall and be like, "Well, it was the only thing that you left in the closet, so I knew I had to wear it." And then he's like, "Well, I know you like Mexican wrestlers, so." <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, there was some tension going on between those two in that first scene, man. Like they were like, uh, was, yeah, those, uh. those jabs from Vision were pretty, pretty great. <laughs> Just be like, "I love you, but I am not happy with you." <laughs> So I was like, mommy, then, daddy, don't fight. Also with her breaking the fourth wall of being like, is there something that we need to change? Like, like to me, that was very much like, hmm. I mean, I know that everybody kind of is now kind of figuring it out. Or not, I don't know if everybody is, but Herb saying that very much got me into like, what? why is he saying that? Like kind of mind space. I feel like we're at a space now where, um, sorry to move it forward in the episode, in the conversation, but um, the conversation between her and Pietro, that conversation in the beginning is only furthers my thought that Wanda's not the one in control of all this no. stuff. No, they're, I, they're definitely doing what you said and using her powers to uh, change things around, make things different, which... Let's also get into the darkest commercial yet yeah. for this show. Oh, good God, that Did was anyone I thought it was going to be like Apple Jacks. Yeah. I really thought it was going to be like an Apple Jacks kind of thing. Or, you know, something like that. But so are we saying that the kids are dying because they're star- like, are people starving? Is that is, is that the general consensus that no one else other than Wanda I, and her family are eating right now? I th- thought... I wasn't for sure, but I thought it was just in reference to the fact that she was, you know, in Sokovia, was like starving and an orphan. Mm -hmm. And so she let herself be experimented on and it slowly like killed who she was. That's what I thought it could have been. And like it's more her realizing that she's killing killing the, um, the image she has for herself of being heroic. Maybe I did. Maybe it's oh. her showcasing her regret to what's going on, even though she doesn't necessarily quite regret it. But maybe there's that heroic part of her that is regretting what she's doing. 
I thought of I some... thought maybe it could be that, but maybe I'm being optimistic there. No, optimistic. <laughs> uh, no, um, in some of that part, like I was thinking um, the idea of the kids in the city or the town rather. Um, and then also their backstory between her and Pietro, because I had just mentioned it before that being that they were starving when they were younger and she used her reality shaping powers to make oh. food in some sort mm. or change their circumstances. Okay. Can you imagine getting fish for a trick or treat? It sounds uh, honestly it doesn't sound far off from being a Mormon kid <laughs> doing the trunk or treats. <laughs> now, I did try to break down the commercial because I like to overthink things a lot. Uh, it's a hobby of mine, and it, it I tried to break it down and like, okay, so you have a character who's isolated on a deserted island, mm-hmm. and then a shark, a predatory animal, came and offered salvation in the form of. Yo, magic yogurt cups. And the little boy was trying to get it, trying to use it, but couldn't open it. Uh, couldn't access this this yogurt or yo magic. Mm-hmm. And because of that, ended up, you know, just withering away and dying. So I'm assuming maybe somebody is offering Wanda power that if she does not use, then it's going to lead to more death. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like a... Huh? <laughs> I don't know, I'm reaching now, but that no, was just I, like, I, I what is going it. on here? I, I, this I, is I, interesting, I mean, it, but... It only would have been more apt if she was an actual... If the, it was it was a serpent instead of a, a shark, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. But sharks were pretty in in the 90s. Maybe that's how it was uh, combined. Also, interesting little Easter egg, maybe. And this ties into the YouTube channel I was going to like push later. Uh, when they were in the Town Square Scare area, in the background, you have a movie theater, and it looks like they had just walked out of uh, The Incredibles the incredible. with The Parent, the parent trap. trap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So twins and a family with powers. Yes. Yep. However. Also both by Disney. <laughs> uh, yeah. Very true. Very yeah. True. Um. So there's a uh, YouTube channel called New Rockstars, which likes to break down and go really into detail almost immediately. Like the same day that the episode goes up, they have an, an episode out breaking down all the Easter eggs that they can find. And they find some crazy shit. Like there was a meme that was posted the other day. It was that uh, anime of the guy pointing to a butterfly and saying, is this uh, whatever? It's from Sailor Moon. I think. And yeah, and it says here like, you know, you know, us being the fans are the nerdy guy. The butterfly is like some random thing in the episode. And it says, is this an Easter egg? Because, <laughs> yes, there's all kinds of little things here and there. These guys pointed out that the license plate number on the car that Agnes was driving uh, is is the hex code for the color Scarlet. Interesting. Nice. Uh, I should have caught this. Good production <laughs> It's crazy, but that stuff is in there. This proves that there's definitely like all these little things sprinkled in. And speaking of which, in their dialogue, they say a lot of weird stuff. Like when uh, at the very beginning of the episode, when Pietro first gets out of bed, um, I think the two twins are saying something about like, "Is this guy really our uncle?" Yeah. And they he gets up and does like a monster voice and he says i'll show you blood is thicker than water or something like that yeah mm-hmm. that's a weird thing to say mm-hmm. and it's <laughs> pointed out on this website or this uh, youtube page that there's been a recurring ufo theme that 
is like very subdued but like at the intro of that episode when they're doing the malcolm in the middle credits vision is looking at a newspaper and the backside has a advertisement for otherworldly deals and it has a picture of a ufo on it um in a previous episode there was talk of like strange lights being seen over the town of westview and then the first episode um when uh wanda's doing the dishes thing where they're floating around he gets hit by one in the head and it breaks and he says, oh, I was attacked by a flying saucer or something like that. And I was like, oh, so there's like a weird outer space UFO alien thing going on, which may be hinting at the scrolls. Interesting. Could I mean, be. It, individually, they can definitely have their own meanings. But I mean, I guess that's the thing for an Easter egg, you know? I mean, there's just the fact that they're recurring, you know, is interesting as well. Mm. And uh, one other thing that could have been just a throwaway line as a reference, but... Um, at one point, one of the kids says something about kick ass, and yes. then they leave, right. and then one the repeats it, kick, kick ass. ass, like like questioning, like where have I heard that before? And she didn't yeah. say kick ass or anything. She said kick ass, kick ass, <laughs> like <yeah>. the name. <laughs> uh, yeah, very uh, clearly hyphenated in there. The the I mean the meme the, the, the UFO oh, oh the meme with the butterfly one. It's the from the Brave Fighter of Sun Fight Bird. It wasn't. That's uh, the anime it's from. Yeah, I, I don't want to. Oh, okay. I don't want to get corrected on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> um, the 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 UFO and and flying saucer stuff that could also just be a reference to sword. Like it's all hmm? outer space uh, agency and stuff. You see stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also wanted to bring up that the parent trap is. I mean, if I remember correctly, is all about two twins switching places. So yes, which could. And bring you back to the scrolls, like you know, replacing someone with a lookalike, uh, mm-hmm. which is what scrolls do. Uh, but yeah. that's the evil versions in the comic books, not the. Well, I guess yeah, they the, did it in Spider Man Far From Home. So yeah, but they, they got they got some stuff going on that makes them a little more benevolent, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know what would be the plot in the in Incredibles that could possibly, uh, other than a family Jack, f- Jack. full of people. Yeah, there you go, Jack, Jack. Jack. He's so powerful. He's the most powerful one because he's the like he's the child of two supers. Jack, Jack doesn't have powers. Jack, Jack is powers. No, he has yeah. all the powers. <laughs> he has all of them. I mean, both kids are the the kids of a two supers, though. All three kids. Like, yeah, that's in true. Incredibles. Listen, yeah. we we can't bat a thousand on this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of them has super speed. I got that got that covered. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That was the only thing about it was that Tommy is his his outfit is I know he he just wanted to look like his uncle or his uncle wanted him to look like him, but uh, his his outfit's supposed to look like uh the green version of like of Quicksilver's outfit. I don't know why I needed to point that out, but it does. It <laughs> it looks it's green, oh, not blue. <laughs> I like I like the green sure. one better anyway. <laughs> oh, there was one other quick cam uh, or easter egg although technically might not yeah quick, <laughs> a very quick silvery easter egg um evan peters has a tattoo of his arm on his arm that says uh mom um mm-hmm. and i think that's a real tattoo if i remember correctly <laughs> uh but somebody was commenting that this also could be and again now this is definitely stretching uh but uh-huh. somebody could say this this could be hinting at multiverse of madness Ooh. wow i mean sure However, it does seem like he's mentioned mom a lot, though. Like, he, their mother. 
and different uh, memories than what Wanda has. True, because she even says, right. "I don't remember it happening that way." That's what I, I really feel like. It's like Pietro's there, and what every, everything that's happening now is just someone trying to elicit a reaction from her, trying to catalyze something. And one thing that was very telling, and when it happened, I was like, "Ooh!" And I was like, "I'm sure nobody else caught this." Um, there's that sequence where Wanda says, "What happened to your accent?" And he's like, "Well, what happened to yours?" She had yeah. her accent when she was outside the thing, yeah. And she's completely like, "Well, yeah, I use I only use it for like outside the the hex, not in here, you know, like nothing." She just like completely yeah. was like, "Okay, you got me there." Wait, we talked about which I episode. feel like was, yeah, I feel like that was a direct, um, like, like call out to the fans who like since the beginning of the show have been saying uh what happened to her accent like why where uh-huh. why, why isn't her accent there however i'm pretty sure all this stuff was filmed before the yeah. first episode aired so like they just knew that people were going to be like well what happened to her accent well she hasn't really had <laughs> yeah. her accent even in the movies past like that's true after, yeah after age of ultron she lost her See, like in civil war her accent was gone uh-huh. But this lends credence to the possibility that maybe the Wanda that we saw outside isn't really Wanda. Exactly. Oh yeah, that's somebody else. Oh yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I think I think we 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 agreed on that one. I don't know. Inter- well, in- interesting well, points all around. <laughs> Anything else, John? Uh, let's see. Did I talk about Wanda speaking Spanish? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. But, yes. Then I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> So if you have any more information you'd love to pass on to us or want to talk to any one of us, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. Jessica, where can people find you online? You guys can find me on Twitter as J.M. Bailey writes. John? You can find me uh, on Twitter at Magic Bollocks. And do me a favor. Tweet me in Spanish. ¿Por qué no? ¿Por qué no both? Uh, Steven. You can find me across all social media as Peppermint Gentleman or Peppermint Gent. Uh, for this week, uh, come talk to me about what you thought about comics this week. There have been some really good ones. There's one that um, the whole Super Sentai kind of fans out there uh, were enjoying very much that I did not like as much as the rest of you guys called Radiant Black. Oh. Come and talk to me about it. Interesting. Mr. Made Me Tweet about it. Yeah. I, th- I really hope it comes to be more than this. <laughs> uh just uh elizabeth the other jessica uh, you can find <laughs> me with the rest of geekly media at geekly media and our facebook page forward slash geekly media uh check out our website geeklymedia.com for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network Check out our Patreon. If you're one of our patrons, you can get exclusive material that only exists there. And whatever podcatcher you use, please rate and review us. It helps spread the word of our network. Mm-hmm. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying always remember to Geek, geek out. Out. This concludes our broadcast. Peace.